So here's the question you have to ask yourself when it comes to this conversation. Are you okay with a couple of men having their lives ruined when they might not have done anything for a lot of other awful stuff to actually come out? Because it is important for women to feel embattled. It is important for women to feel like they can speak out on these things. It is important for women to say, you know what? I was getting harassed, and I've never had the courage to talk about it before, but this guy is a bad dude, and it needs to be known. It's important for all that to happen. But the nuance of this is this. Inevitably, someone's going to get caught in a situation where they really didn't do what's being said. Is it worth it for that guy to get caught if everything else gets uncovered? I think probably. That being said, I'm not that guy right now. And if I were, I'd probably think differently. Let's go to Devin next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? The Cats 22, brother. It's Uh, tough, dude. It's really tough. uh, I mean, you got to realize that once your name is ruined, it's hard to get it back. What's it, the when, crucible whenever, what's his name, John Proctor screams, because it is my name. You can never have right. another one in your life. God, right. I never thought it, that high school would pay off. Anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> and when your name is getting ruined, it's all over the headlines. But then if it's found out you're innocent, they're like, oh, he's innocent. And then they don't really talk about that anymore. So it's, it's, a, it's a real catch-22. I don't want to get into that because that's too above my pay grade. I don't know how to speak yeah, it, it probably it. it probably is for me, too. Now, most, <laughs> most radio hosts, I feel like, at least locally, are going to try to avoid the issue because right. they don't want to get caught up in it one way or another. I'm not going to avoid anything. Now, whether or not I do a good job talking about it, that's up for people's opinion. But uh, you had something else to say about the bet, didn't you? Yeah, I really called in because I'm torn, buddy. But uh, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 39. Um, I don't want to see you in any pain, but don't be that guy. you got to honor the bet. i got to do it. The bet. You got to do it. I think you're right about that. Thank you. Thank you, Devin. Bye-bye. Appreciate the call. Dale Lolly just texted me. And that's fine. I'm doing the bet. I'll do it. I'll do it. You take a picture of me in the 27. I have a six-pack. But guess what? Suck it. If I don't, well, don't suck the six-pack. But you get the point. If I have a six-pack, you guys are all losers. If I do have the six-pack... Wait a minute, what? I, I don't know. We all yeah. know what's happening. We if know what's happening. You're getting a belly button oh! piercing. That's what's happening. <laughs> Dale Lawley from the Observer Reporter, well, formerly of the Observer Reporter, now of DKPittsburghSports.com. He said, Wrangler didn't care about what happened to Favre. Favre sent his junk to, what was it, Jen Sturger in a text message? If it happens now, Dale says, does he get cut? I'd say yeah. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. At, at least to this point, the cries would be so loud. Maybe not, like, maybe it doesn't actually go that far. But can you imagine the public pressure now applied back then? You, you know where I'm going with this well, because there wasn't yeah. pressure. Like, it, like news stories feed themselves. They eat, they, they basically dine off of each other and they get bigger and bigger and bigger until it's like a thing. So then. News tries to come up with the next story that's going to fit in the block that kind of has something to do with that, and then it all flows, you know? So harassment, harassment, harassment. And if you've got this kind of deal going on back then, I think Brett's legacy is, one, ruined, 
And two, there's a very good chance that he does get let go earlier. He doesn't do the retirement back and forth thing. Guarantee you that. If he's in his prime, there's no chance he gets cut. Zero chance. Not in the prime. The prime's, yeah, I'll give you that. And that's something I thought we'd get into, depending on who called or who tweeted. And Dale texts us now. Look at who is the victim's definitely not the right word. But look at who gets fired in this circumstance. He's Rich Rod. He's decidedly average. Decidedly average. Greg Schiano. If Greg Schiano's a great coach, the Penn State stuff doesn't hurt him because he's a great coach. Now, you couldn't protect Paterno because that got way too big, and we're talking about child rape. But they so, tried. Right. In that circumstance, you can't get away. You just can't. If you're sending your Johnson to somebody else, I think that's awful. If someone's not asking for it, and they open their phone, and they got to see something they don't want to freaking see, that's terrible. And should he have been punished for that? Yeah, I think so. I think so, certainly. But I think that the level of star has a lot to do with it. Huge. Now, in Hollywood, everyone's kind of freestanding and on their own. So you can pick people off. And when they've screwed up, they get hit, right? In the National Football League, he'll have teammates standing behind him. Oh, Brett's a good guy. If it were Colin Kaepernick, see ya. If it's Landry Jones... See ya. If it's name average quarterback here, see ya. Bortles, gone. Right. (laughs) If it's Brett Favre, I don't know. And that's kind of where this is going to go, right? At some point, it's going to, in sports, hit someone big. Now, it's, it's hit Roethlisberger. Nothing happened to him. He got suspended for four games, but that's it. I mean, he got suspended for four games. Great. He didn't get cut. I wonder now if what happened to Roethlisberger back then happens now, and there's a difference to me, not that you want to parse these things, but there is a difference between rape and sending a picture of something to somebody. If that were to happen now, he's probably gone. I would think so. This this late in his career? you know. It, well, I'm just talking about the climate. Yeah, oh, with the climate, absolutely. And see, here's the here's the difference right now when that incident happens. You have a few Patriot fans and a lot of Ravens fans holding on to it, and that's their thing they go to. Right. You know, yeah, but this happened, you know. It, it, if this kind of microscope is, is on and that happened, it, it would be nationwide, worldwide even. You know, that that becomes a thing. Most people have forgotten about that, and it's it's gone away in their minds, with the exception of the rivals. You sure. Know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think his, his reputation is tarnished, his legacy, and I think eventually it, it hurts the Hall of Fame bid in some way because, you know, much like baseball with steroids, that's kind of put into the situation oh. by the writers. Yeah, and it won't now, I don't think. But if no, it were to happen no. in this time period, then yeah. So what's interesting to me, and I can already hear – and feel the backlash right now from people about this conversation. Right. You're talking about how it affects football. You're talking about how it affects sports. Why not? Why aren't you talking about how it affects the women? Look, that's the society that we live in, where if you have the conversation about how it does affect football, you're looked at as insensitive to the women who are actually the victims here. I know the women are the victims here. Yeah. But if that is the understanding, if the understanding is at the end of the day, X plus X, X plus whatever equals offended, then, man, when real atrocities take place, it all blows up. But even when you're dancing around said small atrocities, like we are at this point, 
you offend somebody. And, and that's why this is all just a, a pressure cooker waiting to explode. It's going to get a megastar. Whether it's, I should probably not name names, but whether it's Brady or Manning. Manning had his thing in college. Where Manning, yeah. Manning mooned uh, the trainer at Tennessee. Put his butt up against her face. <laughs> like, if that were to happen now, it's different. Yeah. No, he'd be raked over the coals now, strung out in the middle of so the street. So I don't know if I've said much of anything or taken much of a stance one way or another here, but I am fascinated to see where this goes. And like I started this segment saying, I, this is huge for women empowerment. This is huge for women to feel safe in the workspace. This is huge because Lebitard made this point today. He watched the new special on um, Comedy Central, Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle talked about the scariest moment of his life was when he wore a backpack with $25,000 cash, and he was on the subway, and he knew that if people on the subway knew what he had, they would kill him for it. (laughs) And it's the fact that everyone on that subway wants what you have. If you're a woman, everyone on that subway kind of wants what you've got. 25K in a backpack, pretty much. Exactly. So for a woman... I can't imagine. I've never been scared walking to my car in the dark. And I'm not a big guy. Never been scared. My wife is scared. My wife says, I'm not getting into an Uber alone ever. Ever. I'm never taking an Uber alone. I would never feel that way. So for women now to have the opportunity to stand up for what they feel is their right, and it is their right, I'm 100% behind that. But the question that needs to be asked is, are you okay with a couple of good men having their names tarnished for not doing anything, even though somebody might say that they have. To me, I think it's a worthy trade-off. I think you help women in the long run, and only a few men get crushed. But well, It's like that argument always goes this way. It's all right, as long as you're not one of those guys who is falsely accused. I mean, it would be a terrible thing if, if somebody were to say, Adam, you did this, this, or this, and it's like, I didn't and you and you pass the polygraph and all of a sudden you don't have a job all of a sudden your wife leaves you all of a sudden you might jump off a freaking bridge yeah that would suck and, and see but the, women but women are have been afraid forever to come out about this kind of stuff and they felt like i did the guy who's jumping off the bridge the entire time i don't know it's very nuanced and it's probably above my pay grade too. and that's the thing it takes a lot of nuance here and they, you know the only thing we can do as humans and people are you know you got to reserve judgment until you know some facts, you know, and there's not enough of that going around in the world. And that's whether a guy is guilty or a guy is innocent, you know. You well, just, everything gets everything gets. And that, well, it's social media soup. It right. just gets torn up and everybody's got to go full on polarizing opinion one. It's either this way or it's that way. And, you know, I mean, as far as a society, the best we can do is just look at things and try to be objective about it. Social media doesn't help that in any way. But I mean. You know, it, that's the kind of thing that encourages the the crying wolf. You know that you had mentioned, where where some people may use this thing to their advantage. You know, the social media and society kind of makes it easy for that to happen. I would urge all women to report any of this stuff to the proper people. Absolutely. And if you are somebody who knows somebody who is dealing with this kind of stuff, then you should. Either report it for them or urge them to report it. Fighting it in social media, I mean, it gets it out if you're too afraid to go about it any other way. Like, 
whenever the statute of limitations is passed, that might be the only way that you can go about it. But if you're being harassed now, now, yeah, you need to report it. And and, and, and there is go, there is a stigma still involved with that. I mean, women are getting are going to get attacked for coming out. It, they just are. And to my point, people need to not jump on people who are accusing other people no, as quick as the other side jumps on the person accused. Right, you know? and that's what and, and and that's where we are right now is do I think that the Harvey Wine stuff is Weinstein stuff is deplorable? Yeah. Uh, do I think that what Kevin Spacey's been accused of is deplorable? Oh, my God. I mean, that guy should be in prison. Easily. So, those guys should be in prison. Why aren't they? Like, right. For real. They should be in prison. What I'm reading about with Rich Rod, it's a little bit different to me. She was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable workplace situation. But what does that mean? John Buchagross was flirted with, and he flirted back, and then all of a sudden the, the flirting became a little too much. I understand that it gets to be that point, but you have to. There are degrees. There are. There are, and that's. I think that's nuanced, but I don't think people allow that to be nuanced. People will say, "Well, no, it's all terrible." Sure, but there are different levels of terrible. Yeah, and you can see uh, clearly by. I mean. We're both a little bit uncomfortable here. Yeah, trying to navigate through this topic. It's an uncomfortable topic. Should I get off it? Ah, no. I. I mean, yeah, probably because we're almost near a break. But uh, you know, and that's the thing. This, but it's the discussion needs to happen because again, you'll have people going one way or another, being polarizing, attacking one side for thinking different and the other side for thinking that way. You know, but. It's a tough conversation to have any way you slice it, man. It really is. I don't know if I should have used it as a topic, but that's what we do. I mean, we yeah, do. Well. We, we go uncomfortable here on the Crowley Show. Let's <laughs> go to Hunter now in Virginia. What's up, man? Hey, Adam. How are you doing? I don't know. How are you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I, was, I was having a good day, and, and this, this conversation kind of brought me down in a, in a weird way. But um, I, I, I agree with you that it's a, it's a slippery slope. Um, I, I just have a, have a couple points. Um, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when, when stuff like this happens, uh, or when accusations are made, is the uh, UVA fraternity that um, had its name tarnished. Um, guys kicked out of school, wives ruined because of false allegations. So, Do you mean the Duke, um, Duke it, Lacrosse? No, du- UVA fraternity, the Rolling Stones article, and Duke Lacrosse, that, that as well. I mean, there's, there's two examples. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the UVA fraternity story or not, um, but it it was very similar to the to the Duke lacrosse thing. Um, but but at the same time, you don't want to discourage women from no, and from, and, and, and that's the thing. Like I'm I'm definitely not trying to be pro man here. I mean, my God, uh, the the stuff that you read is is despicable, and it, and, it is. and these things need to be brought to the public light, but. There are going to be people who get caught up in this that shouldn't get caught up in this. That's just the reality. And and, and I agree. And um, it it actually happened to to a, a pretty good friend of mine. Um, some some false allegations came out against him. Um, we know they were false because he had uh, a receipt for an Uber taking him across town um, at the time that he was alleged um, to have to have sexually assaulted a girl, and he was um, kicked out of school. Um, semester before he graduated before he was going to go to law school and now he can't can't get into a law school because he was kicked out of 
I, I don't I don't know what the solution is, Hunter, and I appreciate the call and you know, it sticks for your friend if he didn't do it. And if he did, then he should probably be in prison as opposed to just not getting into law school. So that's where that's where to me it's not gonna be perfect, but it's better that they're speaking out, I think. And I think we just I think men just gotta take it on the chin and you gotta fingers crossed and it's not you. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I don't know how you make it perfect. You can't. No, it's impossible to make it perfect. I, I mean, even you go back to things like, you know, anytime there's any kind of like accusatory situation, you're always gonna have people on, on either side of it, you know, and there's people who are gonna come down hard on the side that they believe in. You know, and, and when that happens it's Again, you have these weird things that happen. Things slip through the cracks. But I agree with you, man. I mean, if, if people are found, they deserve everything coming to them if they're if they're going to engage in this kind of behavior. If they get caught doing this, every everything should happen. Not only losing jobs, but there should be and and there isn't a lot of this for some reason. There should be law enforcement involved. Well, we and, go back to the and that's the our, stigma thing. And that's where the burden of proof comes. If you prove it in a court of law, that person's guilty. It's also a very difficult thing to prove, though. And that's and that's why for me, here's the perfect world, right? The perfect world is women aren't afraid to go to the authorities with these things because they're not going to get shamed, right? They're not going to get slut shamed. People aren't going to victim blame, right? In a perfect world, if something happens, you go to the authorities, it gets taken care of that way, and then you're either guilty or not guilty. But that's not the way it is. We live in a society where women are going to get blamed for what they say. It makes it very difficult to be forthcoming with the information. You don't know who's going to say what. you got a religious family, what they're going to say. You don't, under- you don't know what's going to happen. So because of all that, you're afraid to come out. Now everyone is coming out, but things are coming out from before, and it makes it... A situation that is murky, to say the least. Up next, Will Graves will change the topic of conversation to talk a little bit about what happened with Kevin Stallings and Todd Haley over the last couple of days. We'll get to the Rooney Roll coming up at 640. It's the Crowley Show. All right, last thing on this. They're going to have fun with Will because it's been a pretty heavy last 30 minutes, and we do heavy, we do funny. We try to mostly be funny and entertaining here on the show. I thought that was a good discussion. We were spinning our wheels a little bit, but I think that's indicative of where we are as a society on all this. But I just had a friend tell me that a lot of women are obviously afraid to come forward with this stuff because in the work setting, men still are more powerful. I'm happy I'm not a woman because I don't have to deal with that stuff. I am. And that's not to say that anything other than just that it just i they live with a fear that i cannot understand will graves now joins us here on the crowley show if he isn't blowing us off this time we got yeah, you will my okay. family can suck it this week yeah suck it graves family <laughs> will i'm actually on team stallings here man are you i am i i think he got caught in a human moment i said something at the west virginia game and look I'm a fan. I was, was hammered. That the, was that the West Virginia game where it sounded like a West Virginia home game? Was it that game? Damn right it was. I was there, and the guy behind me screams down to Bob Huggins, hey, why don't you have another heart attack? And that just really, really pissed me off. You're going to talk about this guy's heart? So I turned around, and I started yelling things at him. And that's just the coach of the basketball team that I don't really have anything to do with. If I'm Kevin Stallings and someone's heckling my player for an entire game, 
at some point I might say something, and I feel like that probably bottom cred with this guy. Um, I got you know I got a couple of Happy New Year by the way. Uh, good luck on your six pack quest. You should demand it immediately. Um, look, I'm two of my I, I'm two minds about this. Like I was in, I covered Louisville when Patino had the sex in the restaurant extortion thing go on. Uh, he and I got into it at media day the following year about the treatment that he anticipated his team receiving on the road. And he said that they cannot retaliate. And he said, well, aren't they going to want to stick up for their coach? And he said, you know how they can stick up for me by winning. And, you know, Kevin can say, Hey, I'm, you know, he's sticking up for his players. If this team was winning, would he have responded? He would not have responded. Probably not. I think that that, Adds to the frustration level, though. And he's got his five freshmen on the court. They started an all-freshman lineup. He's protective of these guys. These are his guys. He's losing yeah, with exactly. his guys. These are his guys. I wonder if it was this had happened during last year's group, which obviously he did not connect with. Would he have done the same thing? Here's the bottom line for me. You make $2 million a year. Your job is to coach kids, right? They still work under the guys that it's still student-athletes, right? You can't. You have to be the grown-up. And part of being the grown-up and making $2 million a year is not taking the bait. You, you, you can't. You can do it in the NBA when everybody's on the up-and-up and everybody's getting paid. Uh, but if you want to have this, you know, this aura of it's higher education, and, I mean, you just can't. You, can't you, just, you cannot engage. You can't. Well, wouldn't it maybe be different, and just to play devil's advocate here, because they are kids and things are being said about kids, wouldn't you feel more like you should respond as opposed to a guy who's getting paid to play gets heckled? I mean, I, I get that you feel protected, but it's just, you know, that's a bridge part of the job. I mean, he gets heckled every game. What made last night different than the, he got booed by the home crowd in the first game of the season when they introduced him during pregame warm-ups and they said head coach Kevin Stallings, I was there. There was an audible bull boo from the zoo. Did he say anything to the zoo? So, you know, you just you can't make uh, just behavior that you just – I mean, if Kay had done this, if Roy Williams or Bill Self or any bold-faced, high-profile Hall of Fame guy, they, they would be getting the same sort of reaction. Unfortunately for Kevin, it's exacerbated because they're just not any good right now. I am not the kind of guy who's going to stick up for a pit coach ever, but I find myself sticking up for Kevin Stallings in this circumstance, and I just think it's because I know he's making a lot of money. I know the business that he's in. I know that he's going to have to deal with this probably better than he did this time moving forward, but at the same time, I can't separate myself from being human and feeling like if I were in his spot, I might have done the same thing. Now, maybe that means I'm not qualified to be a basketball coach. I agree that, I mean, from a, it is a human reaction, okay? I mean, good Lord, you're talking to a guy who, um, who's, when, our, when my kid was in a uh, seven-year-old and under coach pitch tournament uh, <laughs> this summer, like, was part of a group of, you know, uh, coaches that, grown-ups yelling at each other, the, the moms of the other team behind the home plate started barking at the, one of our coaches, and then all of a sudden I said something sarcastic, and then we're all barking at each other, and they're, they're literally – 37-year-olds going, what the hell are the grown-ups doing? I mean, I get it. I absolutely get it. And I also understand that I can, I, I'm never going to do that again. That was just, it was embarrassing. And that's you probably know? what's going to happen with Stallings. I would imagine that it's not going to happen again because of the reaction that there is out there. Will Graves joining me from the Associated Press on the Crowley Show. I mean, if they were winning 
that game, do you think he responds? I don't know. I think that it makes for a perfect storm when you're losing by as much as they were losing. So that's frustration. You're getting heckled. He probably didn't get heckled the same way if Pitt's beating him. So I don't know. Uh, probably not, though. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to Todd Haley because I'm on Todd Haley's side, too. I've been on Todd Haley's side since the day he walked through the door. So this guy gets uh, maligned for doesn't get a lot of respect for what he's done. It's always underachieving. It's all this. It's all that. You know, he's, I mean, he's, he has a persona. He has a that guy persona, right? I mean, he kind of does. He kind of enjoys his that guy persona, which is one of the reasons I like him. Me too. I mean, his F's to give is zero. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I, I can appreciate that. Um, you know, the, the, the I, I put out a stat today. If you look since Munchak got here in the last four years, the quarterback's been sacked 22 and a half times. And in the 10 years before that, the quarterback was sacked 42 times a season. Part of that is the, the line play, and part of that is the quarterback getting smarter. And a lot of that is the friggin' offensive coordinator who never gets any respect. I'm stuck. Like, I think this, the Cardinals, you know, Munch would be a great, uh, certainly has the capacity to be a good head coach somewhere. I'm surprised that Haley, considering what he's done, is not given a shot to go coach somewhere. Well, is it because of stuff like this? Because of what happened at Tequila Cowboy? Probably, I mean, yeah. I'm sure. You know, it's funny. People stopped suing him when they started going to the playoffs, right? right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the correlation there. I just think... And you're right. That's one of those red flags. I mean, I think what happened at the end of Kansas City, regardless of, and I've talked to some people. I was talking to my guy, our AP reporters out in Arizona yesterday. Um, we talked about Todd briefly. It was well known that Todd, shocker, wasn't that nice a guy during his two years in Arizona. And even though everybody in the organization is pretty much gone except for the, the ownership, that stuff sort of lingers. So are you going to bring that back? Because um, he had a lot of the hell, they went. He he got them to the Super Bowl. He also happened to have a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame running back in Edgerton James, and a guy that's a borderline candidate in Anquan Bolden. So, I mean, that certainly helps. But the guy, he's a he's a he's a good coach. I I don't know why people can't seem to get past that. He's a good coach. He's a very good coach, in my opinion. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the the sexiness of what's gone on with the Steelers this year and this Todd Haley. Tequila Cowboy cherry on top that we've got now. I was wondering, <laughs> what's going on at the bye week? What am I going to talk about? Oh, the Steelers will do something, and then lo and behold, this is what's gone on. Where I'm on Todd Haley's side is this. I don't see any problem with anybody going out and having a good time. And Todd Haley's certainly not going out looking to get into any altercation if there was even an altercation that took place. He's just going out, trying to have a good time, trying to have a couple of drinks, and sometimes nonsense happens. Now, maybe it happens more because he's Todd Haley, and I could envision somebody walking up to him. It makes him a target. Yeah, why can't you finish at beers? Because you can't finish drives. Probably something (laughs) like that. So I understand. But at the same time, if I'm Todd, i got to live my life. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think he's learned to not write Chief Suck on napkins. (laughs) <laughs> anymore, right? I think he's learned to pick better contractors to do work on his house. Um, you know, I, 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 without, I mean, look, it's one of the things, this is just one of the things that we talk about because there's no, there were no charges filed anywhere. He wasn't even involved, according to the police. He was sort of ancillary to the whole thing, but they're not playing this Sunday. There's really, everybody's healthy. 
and you're trying to invent things to complain about, and then it just this sort of thing just happened. Well, I, mean, I think you so let's remember it. last year before the playoffs. By the way, what happened with Peasy last year? Oh, this man. is not this is not that. No, so let's not try to. <laughs> Make sure those black confuse the two. No, you know what I mean? and for anybody calling for Todd Haley's job here, yo, what Joey Porter did was worse because there was contact made with a freaking police officer. Two, Joey Porter, in my opinion, not as good at his job as Todd Haley is at his job. So let's just cut that nonsense. But I think it goes back to your first answer, Will. People don't like Todd, so the people who don't like Todd are going to say, look, not only is he this bad offensive coordinator in their minds, but he's also uh, a Cavalier party boy maverick son of a gun. And, look, I mean, part of that is, I mean, you don't get reputations just because, right? I mean, it it doesn't – people don't think that you're great, Crowley, because they just decided this, or that you're a tool because they just decided this. I mean, whatever opinion they have of you, they have accrued over time, at least I would hope, right? Uh, Todd has a history of, you know, fiery, erratic, competitive uh, behavior. Uh, that A lot of that stuff, though, dates back 5, 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 years. So he's a different guy now than he was when he got here, than he was 10 years ago in Arizona, than he was 20 years ago when he was with the Jets. But you're not allowed to evolve in the, in the public consciousness. It, by all accounts, in this thing we're talking about, he did nothing. But because he was kind of a, you know, he was kind of a, <laughs> you know, a bad hombre, as my seven, eight-year-old would say, uh, in previous stops and follows him around. So is it fair to the, the 46-year-old Todd Haley? Probably not. But, you know, you sort of earn that reputation. And, and, and unfortunately, it's, if this was Mike Munchak, I don't think we'd be talking about this. You no, I mean? we wouldn't. But you, you know what's funny is that the Steelers release, that release saying that Todd was injured in a fall, and then this police report comes out and the police then say well he wasn't injured there so i foresee that what happened was todd was there with his wife whatever happened happened then he goes home and trips over the cat or something dude when you're old see you know go go for your little six-pack abs when you're old stuff just sort of breaks stuff just sort of breaks my you know the other day uh my eight-year-old sees me i'm wearing like these nike uh, whatever those like, instead of like thermal underwear or whatever, where these those Nike like pro combat pants, right? What are you wearing now? <laughs> anyway, so he sees me and I'm like, you know, look, I'm 43 years old and I'm five foot eleven and 190 pounds, and that's and most of that is is sports writer fat. I'm not like obese, you know, but and he sort of laughs at me and he goes, "Daddy, you're kind of fat, <laughs> you know. You just are what you are. Things break." You know, I can't. When I was when I was your age, it was 145 pounds. So, look, Todd, stuff falls, stuff happens. He, when things break on you easier when you get old. That's and maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to admit. Who doesn't? I mean, who hasn't stepped on a Lego? Who hasn't slipped oh. on the ice? I almost did it today. There. I don't know if there's anything more painful than stepping on a Lego. But anyway, uh, Will Graves from the Associated Press joining me here on the Crowley Show. One thing that I want to get to with you. Uh, that I'm going to talk about in depth uh, in a little bit, is the Rooney Rule. And John Gruden is getting hired by Oakland, and everyone seems to be saying that the Rooney Rule is broken because they've kind of circumvented it. And here's all i got to say. He hasn't been named the coach yet. Why? Because they still have to interview him an already candidate. The Steelers were going to hire Russ Grimm. I know that. They were going to hire Russ Grimm. They brought in Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin knocked their socks off. And then they hired him. 
I know that Gruden's their first choice, but I think that this is actually the Rooney rule working, and if they don't hire a, a guy who is uh, a minority, then okay, but that's okay because they still at least talk to him, and that's an improvement uh, from where we were right. 14 years ago. And, and I think if, if Mike was to, you know, Mike T was to talk about this, you know, in sort of an off the, you know, an off the or whatever, in a relaxed atmosphere, I think he would say, even if he hadn't gotten the Steelers job, going through the process of being interviewed would help him get the job that he's he was obviously going to get at some point in his career. I don't think, like I've been up for jobs where I knew I wasn't going to get it. I was interviewed, and yeah, I didn't get the job. And a couple times that I was told, hey, this is you know, this is sort of a foregone conclusion. But I was happy to have the experience, and it helped me get a better job eventually. So uh, I'm with you. I mean, that being said, I mean, there is something to be said about mandating these kinds of things. Uh, Because sometimes there are just – I mean, who's going to argue that John Gruden isn't qualified for the Raiders job? You know what I mean? Not me. So, I mean, I I sort of get it. Uh, That being said, whoever they're interviewing, whatever minorities they're interviewing as part of this process, it is not a. It is not harmful to that candidate, even if they have their mind made up on Gruden. It is not harmful to that person going forward for them. So I, I mean, everybody just relax a little bit. Well, you're good at your job. You're good on the radio. But I'm you good are, with you. I'm not always good on the radio, but I'm good with you. I'm good with you. Well, you're not good on the radio because you just stepped on what was going to be a hilarious joke. So now get get out of here. <laughs> Goodbye, Will. See you, bro. Rooney Rule under fire. Racism next. Crowley Show. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Can't wait for this epiphany. What the hell's he talking about? My racism topic? Is epiphany the way you pronounce that, or is it epiphany? I've decided to use more bad jokes in 2018. That is my New Year's resolution. Actually, we haven't given our resolutions, so let's go around the room. Go around the studio. Before we get into the Rooney Rule... Joe, what is your New Year's resolution? Um, <laughs> Good one, Joe. Wow, clearly not to be better on the radio. I guess get in better shape. Yeah, all right. Mine is to work out in the morning. That's what it is. Just the morning? No, but when I work out in the morning, I don't skip workouts because you just do it first thing. Yeah. If, if, if I you don't... You skip during your workouts? Well, that can be effective. It's a good hamstring thing, Joe. What happens is if I skip the morning workout and I'm like, oh, I'll just do it when I get home, then I've got this long day of radio. I'm going to look at Joe for three hours, and the last thing I want to do is work out. It's harder to get motivated. I get you. It's harder to get motivated after work than it is before work. Especially after you have a dinner. Right. So I'm going to eat better because I have to for the six-pack thing, but my actual... New Year's resolution that I want to continue for the entire year. Even if I do start to eat bad eventually, work out in the morning. That's a good one. What do you got for me, Brian? What do I got? <laughs> it's horrible, man, because I've already blown mine. Whoa. Like, I yeah, I stepped into 2018 hoping to be, uh, hoping to get less annoyed by things or, like, not allowing them to piss me off as much. Oh, you've already you've but already then hit pretty your much threshold. day one, and you know who you are out there. You know exactly who you are from yesterday. Not going to name any names. It caused a serious kerfuffle last night, big time. Mm. 
And so I had yeah, to Brian it. said he's going to stop being petty in the new year. He yeah. said he's going to stop holding grudges. He's going to stop being mad at yeah. everyone who screws up things. Here and... I am with a brand new grudge. I got petty. Feeling pissed. So I, I'm like in a situation where my, my resolution lasted, what, two days? Joe, what are you going to do in order to make yourself get into good shape? Work out. Okay, very good. <laughs> Katie, you got a resolution? You got one? You got one? I don't think you have one. Have fun. Do you not believe in the resolution? No. I don't really either, but there is something about that fresh start where it's like, okay, nothing else matters except for the first on. And then I think you can psych yourself up that way. It's like, okay, I might have eaten poorly for the last year. I might not have worked out as hard as I wanted to for the last year, but I can do it now. And moving forward, that's the new me. And it's a whole psychological thing. It really means nothing. Like today's no different than last Wednesday. She's got nothing to add. Clearly, her resolution was not to get better at radio either. So you've gotten good at justification, though, like as this has gone along. Like, I watched you through the entire New Year's holiday. You're like, you know what? Uh, yeah, just until the first. Just until the first. Just until the first. Yeah, then after that, that's when I'm going to Okay, it's holidays. I'm going to just go. I'll just do whatever I want. And then on the first, that's, that's where we'll go. And then today, you're eyeing up a chocolate bar like it's a hot chip. You can look at the chocolate bar. Oh, you, you were looking at it very lovingly. You can't eat now. it. Did I eat the chocolate bar? Like in your mind over and over again, I think you did. I'm eating it right now. Uh, shut up, giant talking chocolate bar. Look, that's that's a reality that I'm going to have to face. I'm married. Sometimes a nice-looking woman walks by. But you don't do anything. And you think about it maybe briefly. That's what i got to be like with food. These first two weeks are crucial. If you can get Jeez. through the first two weeks, because I'm trying to quit sugar. Sugar's awful. When you get through the sugar thing... Once you get past that, I'm not going to quit sugar. I'm going to quit non-natural sugar. But once you once you get through it the first couple of weeks, you don't crave it anymore. But, no, you don't. But the sugar cravings can be real, man. Oh, and the man. cheese craving. I'm trying to give up dairy because dairy bloats me. Bloats everyone, actually. Scientific fact. But I love cheese. I'm trying to give that up, too. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Good luck with giving up cheese. You don't want to give up cheese? I can give up cheese. You know what I ate yesterday? Cheese. No, I ate a bowl of turkey chili for lunch. With cheese? With no cheese. Huh. Did well, not eat the cheese. Good for you, Crowley. 2018 is yeah. looking up. Did not eat cheese yesterday and today. Did not eat anything I wasn't supposed to. Oh, you wanted to, though. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Like it, it I looked, was lusting after the chocolate bar. It looked like the beginning of a porn. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Like you were about to make sweet love to that I chocolate I was looking bar. at the chocolate bar, and the chocolate bar was like, can I fix your copier? And I was like, look, chocolate bar. No, you cannot fix my copier. It's not really broken. Yeah, it's not It's not really broken yet. <laughs> Although if I put the chocolate bar into the paper tray, it would come out as a bigger chocolate bar. Joe, do you still have that? More chocolate to go around. You still have the chocolate bar? Uh, yeah. You do have it? You didn't eat it? Some of it. So you're not keeping up with your resolution. I mean, I said work out. I never said never eat chocolate. That's a good, that's a loophole he's created for himself. Nailed the loophole. Yeah. You, on the other hand, now you can't stop thinking about that chocolate bar. Yeah, I also want to explain myself better as a resolution. Okay, go ahead. Like what I just did. Clarification. That's your New Year's resolution, is you Wait, want to that, be able to clarify? That's you explaining? Yeah, I believe I made that clear when I just said that my New Year's resolution was to make myself more clear. Okay. Now, Joe. Okay. Yeah, what? Okay. Make yourself more clear is a good resolution. 
wanting to clarify things is not good. You want to be clear the first time. You clarify that. You don't want to. You let him suck you into the vortex. He did. Man. He sucked me into the Joe vortex. We we've tried so many things in this last segment. One of them one of them being uh, the the Joe behind the glass. Joe gets to come up with a topic, and now whether or not we allow that to happen, Joe just subtly takes control of the show. There are hockey sounders going off in the background. We're hearing Phantom of the Opera. Uh, I've got goal horns in my ear. He doesn't care. No. It's Joe's world, and we're all living in it. I think it's a secret resolution where he's like, I'm going to throw as many sound bites out this year as I can with him having no frame of reference to what we're actually doing. That's kind of the show. It kind of is. Got to get the show to get that. Earlier, we were talking about loopholes. That brings me to the Rooney Rule. How about that transition? You don't know what the Rooney Rule is. This is what Wikipedia tells me it is. It's a National Football League policy that requires league teams to interview minority candidates for head coaching and senior football operations jobs. It is sometimes cited as an example of affirmative action, though there are, is no quota or preference given to minorities in the hiring of candidates. The reason I bring this up is because everyone's got their panties in a bunch right now, in boxer briefs, and boxers, and tidy whities Sorry, I don't want to leave anyone out. Banana hammocks, G-strings, thongs. Girl pants, boy shorts, girlfriend cut. They've all got those all tied up in a bunch. All in a bunch. Because the Raiders are going to hire John Gruden and they have yet to interview a minority candidate. But here's the thing. They haven't yet officially hired John Gruden. They're going to bring in a minority candidate and they're going to interview said minority candidate. Isn't that an improvement? Isn't that better than what we had in 2003 where there was no guarantee that a minority candidate was going to get interviewed? Like, they are putting their search on hold. They already have their guy, and they're putting it on hold so that somebody else can get an opportunity, and maybe that guy can change the mind. Now, in this instance, not likely, unless Gus Johnson comes aboard, because apparently they're hiring broadcasters. They're not going to change their mind. But there's always that off opportunity. The Steelers had hired Russ Grimm, or at least it was rumored that they were going to do so. It had been reported by a number of outlets that Russ Grimm was the guy. But because of the Rooney rule, they brought Mike Tomlin in late, and Mike Tomlin blew him away. They were going to hire Russ Grimm. They they hired Mike Tomlin. That's the point of the rule. In 2003, there was one minority coach in the league. One. That's it. You know who it was, by the way? Tony Dungy. Did you guess Marvin Lewis? That's because Marvin Lewis is never going to die. Yeah. He's, he's, he's never going to get fired. Donald Trump will start World War III. There's going to be a nuclear holocaust. And then emerging from the rubble years later with a Bengals hat firmly on his head is going to be Marvin and Lewis. a new contract. He's going to have a new contract. <laughs> I'm Teflon, baby. See, was going to hire Russ Grimm back in 2007. It was planned. It was reported. But because of the Rooney Rule, they brought in Mike Tomlin, and they were impressed. Now, I realize that... John Gruden is the sexy hot name in coaching because he's got tremendous football charisma and he's likely going to be the hire. But now a guy's going to get the opportunity. Why are people crapping on the rule now? Why are people pissed at the Raiders? You don't have to hire an African-American coach. You don't have to hire a minority. But it's nice that they have a seat at the table. And it's nice that they are required to have them at the table. At least in my opinion. That's it. That's all I got. You know what I really wanted to get to today, but we ran out of time on? UCF. They declared themselves national champions. 
Like, what What are we allowed to declare ourselves? Like, I'm Kate Upton's husband? Yay! I'm Kate Upton's husband! Like, that's a, that doesn't work. Well, dude, let's just declare ourselves the greatest radio show in the history of radio. We are the greatest are. radio show in the history of radio. Yeah. In fact, I've been promoted to Mark Madden's job. Yeah. Tomorrow from 3 to 6, don't listen here, because we're taking Madden out. Highest rated show ever. Ever! And there's nothing you can do about it. Nope. That's what we are. 300% growth, baby. Woo! Number one show. We're the best. See you at four.